turn it around. God, turn it around. God, turn it around. Glory to God. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. I'm going to take a moment to call an audible, but as I call this audible, I want to take a moment to testify to the goodness of God. The God who alone is able to turn it around. The song says, I'm calling on the name that changes everything. God, turn it around. So Pastor Wendy and, and Nia were in New York last week for one of Nia's college visits, but also to celebrate Pastor Wendy's birthday. Friday evening, my dad Levi and I went to get haircuts, and after that we grabbed takeout, brought it home, and had dinner. Levi went up to the game room, but about two hours later, he started complaining about excruciating pain. If you remember, and you were in the service last week, I told you about how I rushed him to urgent care. That was last Saturday. Now for the rest of the story. Because on Sunday morning, Levi is still in excruciating pain. And I said, well, Levi, the doctor said to take the Tylenol and we're gonna take you to the pediatrician on Monday. But Sunday evening, as he was about to take a shower, he said, dad, you gotta come see this. And I wanna be very respectful of Levi's privacy. I immediately started checking WebMD because it was after hours, almost midnight, and I said, what could this possibly be? And I put in, you know, the description of what I saw, and, and, and they said, you need to treat this as a medical emergency. So I said, listen, man, let me call, let me call my, body, my buddy. He's not a medical doctor, but he is a pharmacist, and he knows his stuff. So I said, hey, man, listen, this is what I'm dealing with. It started Friday night. This is where we are now. And he said, Ray, that is a medical emergency. You need to take care of it right now. Levi's friend, uh, Levi's friend's mom is a, a pediatrician. So I called her up because again, we couldn't reach our pediatrician. It was after hours. And he said, Ray, listen, <laughs> out, of the, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Here's a third witness. She said, you need to treat that as a medical emergency. In fact, what's his birthday? And I give her his, gave her his birthday, and she said, you need to take him immediately to Children's Medical Hospital. So we get to Children's, and the team is waiting for us when we arrive. Somebody say, I'm calling on the name. Listen, I'm talking about for those of you who think you can do life alone. Sometimes you need a friend in your life. that will give you access to people, places, and things that you would never have access to otherwise. So we show up, we show up, we show up. Now bring it down a little bit, bring it down a little bit. We show up, the team is waiting for us. They immediately take him in to get a sonogram. And they call the urologist and say, listen, you gotta come in now. They take us to the ER room where they're holding him and I'm confused because in a minute, we go from just being at home on Sunday evening to the ER with my 12-year-old son. The attending nurse had to go to lunch. When she stepped out to go to lunch, about a minute later, I hear somebody, somebody kind of looks in to the ER room, 
peeks in and I hear this voice that I recognize. And she said, I only know one Levi Harmon and that is my pastor's son. How come it was Tammy Pleasant's daughter? Tammy Pleasant is our women's ministry director. Her daughter, Brooke, who just started at Children's Medical Hospital a week ago, just so happened to be the one who saw Levi's chart when his nurse was going to lunch and said, oh no, I'm going to take care of this baby. And she was the one who hooked him up. I'm talking about those of you who think you don't need the church. Who think, oh, I don't need small group. I don't need to go to church. I can do this on my own. I'm talking about when the song says he is up to something, that God is doing something right now. That a week before Levi had to go to the ER, he already had a nurse who was a part of Converge Nation planted there. I'm calling on the name of the God who changes everything. So the urologist comes in and said, I looked at the sonogram. He said, you had past tense. You had past tense. Four to six hours from the onset of his symptoms to fix this. The only thing we can do is to take this thing out. I'm talking about an irreversible long-term solution. And without being too graphic, I'm talking about in his lower regions. He's got two of those things and they're about to take one. Because I had four to six hours to fix it. This is now Monday in the early hours of the morning. The onset of his symptoms is Friday night. When he started to complain, when I took him to the ER. And the urologist said one of the symptoms is vomiting. I'm thinking he got food poisoning. Friday, about 11 p.m., Saturday, all day, Sunday, all day. Now it's about 2 a.m. Monday morning. How many of you realize that's more than four to six hours? I'm calling on the name that changes everything. And I'm going to realize when you talk to a doctor, they're pretty matter of fact. They ain't got no emotion. They said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go in and we're going to untie that blood vessel that's wrapped around because blood flow has been cut off for more than four to six hours. And if that body part is still viable, which I doubt, we'll keep it in there. If it's not, we're going to take it out. We're looking at over 48 hours. So here I am, his daddy. I'm thinking about all the implications. Not just physically, but even psychologically. Pastor Wendy's still in New York. It's 2 a.m. I ain't even called her yet. And I'm thinking, what do I say to my wife? 
who's halfway across the country to let her know her 12-year-old son is about to go under the knife. And the best the doctor says she can do is take it out. Listen, if you haven't cultivated a prayer life, and if you don't know Jesus for yourself, So right in that ER room, I began to call upon the name that changes everything. And the Lord reminded me of his promise in Romans chapter 8 and verse 11 that says, this is what it says. It says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. And that same spirit will make your mortal body come to life. I laid hands on myself and I declared the word of God over him. And I said, right now, Father, I thank you that because Levi is born again, the same spirit that raised Jesus out of the tomb lives in him and it will give his mortal body life. I know it's been more than four hours. I know it's been more than six hours. I know it's closer to 48 hours. But the same power that raised Jesus from the dead after 72 hours lives in my son. Urology said it won't be 45 minutes. For 45 minutes, I paced the floor and called upon the name that changes everything. And I said, God, turn it around. After about an hour, urologist comes out. She said, I can understand why your son was in so much pain. Because the blood vessel that's supposed to be supplying blood to that part of his body was not just wrapped once, it was wrapped twice. And she said, we went in. Listen to me. When the scripture says he is up to something, or the song says he is up to something. He is doing something right now. The urologist went in and said we untied that cord and we observed that part of his body and we determined that it was still viable. She said by now, it should have been dead. I'm not trying to be too graphic, but it should have been dark black. But it was still alive. And so they preserved it. And Levi's at home. He's recovering. Back to being a normal kid. So when we set Psalm aside for a night of worship, he's given our family one more reason to give thanks. And so when we sing these songs, it's about more than just words on a page or words on a screen. We are declaring the faithfulness of a God turns everything around because he alone has the final word. 
and we chose to believe the report of the Lord. So tonight we give thanks. We give thanks for what could have been a permanent and irreversible problem. Something that could have scarred and marked our son for life. But it has now become his own testimony. Because nobody will ever take that from Levi. Every time he looks at that scar, he will testify to the healing power of God. That the same power that raised Jesus from the dead also quickened his mortal body in Jesus' name. So I want to encourage you tonight, converge. Wherever you are, whatever you're going through, there's still power in that name to change everything. He still turns things around. Coquetso, would you come? Glory to God. What a word. What a word. What a word. This is what, this is the testimony we have from the scripture. And it says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. See, what we're seeing right now, this is worship. This is worship. Paul said it this way in Romans 12:1. He said, because of what God has done for you, by the mercies of God, I beseech you, therefore, to give your bodies as living sacrifices because this is your true worship. Oh, my goodness. Ah, this is a good word. This is good news that we serve a God who can turn it all around. <laughs> And the good news is we see him turn it around in these very moments, in our moments of worship. When we come to him and we look to him and we say, Lord, this is my heart. I'm not even going to ask for anything, but because of how good you have been to me, I'm going to give you all that I have. And this is my worship. And this is what I really wanted to talk about today is the ultimate purpose of worship that the call to worship our God, it stems, it's rooted deep into our souls for this very reason. The, the anchor verse um, in scripture for today comes from Romans, uh, from uh, Acts 13 verses two and three in the New Living Translation. And it says, one day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. And the scripture says, So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and they sent them on their way. You see, I read this scripture and then I read it again and then I read it again because I wasn't getting what God was trying to show me. I said, Lord, I hear you said they were in the midst of worship and fasting and the Holy Spirit revealed himself to them. But what are you really telling me about the purpose, about the heart of worship? And so I read it again. And see, I found something. You know, we say a lot of phrases like nothing is impossible with God. 
But as I was reading this, I saw a couple of impossibilities. And I said, well, we say nothing is impossible with God, but there's a truth here about worship that presents a contradiction, an impossibility. See, what I learned reading this scripture is it is impossible to worship our God without seeking His direction for your life. You see, what these men were doing, they were in the midst of it. They were fasting, worshiping God. Yet what they didn't know is that they were seeking direction for their lives from God. See, another impossibility I saw is it's impossible to worship our God without allowing Him to show you the direction for your life. You see, the scripture said here, as they were worshiping and fasting, the Holy Spirit, He showed up. Not when they were hanging out, but it was in the midst of their worship and fasting that the Holy Spirit showed up. You see, what I saw as the ultimate purpose of worship is for us to seek the presence of God and to seek the direction of the Holy Spirit. You see, when the scripture says the Holy Spirit is the teacher and He will guide us into all truth, this is our true worship. When we sit there, Converge, and we come as we are to the throne of grace where we receive mercy and grace when we need it most. When God calls us to worship, what He's saying is you need to be in my presence. And in my presence is the fullness of joy. So if you want joy in your life, come on your knees and worship. Because in those moments, that is your moment of true worship where I will show you direction and I will show you where you must go. See, we not only find God's presence and direction for our lives when we worship, but worship actually empowers us. You see, the scripture here says, when they were worshiping, the Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. You see, what this tells me is that not only did they find the presence of God, but they also found purpose. They also found power because it was in those moments of them sitting together in worship, looking to the Lord, they were not seeking anything from Him but His presence. And in His presence, He showed them a direction for their life. And so when we come to the presence of God in true worship, again, Paul said it this way, we give our bodies as living sacrifices because it's our true and honest worship. Jesus, he had a different testimony about God. When he said in John 4, 24, he said, God is spirit and they that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. You see, what that tells us is when we come with a heart of worship, we leave everything at the altar. A true heart of worship is not one that's going to hold anything back. When we come with a heart of worship, God reminds us that He is the one that has chosen us. He is the Father. We belong to Him. We are not forsaken, but we are chosen by Him. So the true heart of worship is reminding ourselves of the God that we serve and coming to Him, laying everything on the altar. As Peter told us, we cast our cares upon Him because He cares about us. So every single thing, the true heart of worship is when we come to Him and we say, Lord, I'm not even seeking Your hand. I'm just seeking Your heart. Show me your face. I just need your presence. And I know that when I have your presence, everything, all these things will be added unto me. And this is the heart of worship. So tonight, Converge, 
I want us to remember that worship is more than a song. Worship is more than the lyrics we sing. We're not even looking for emotion. We can come in here and cry every Sunday and never worship God. We're not looking for feelings. We're not searching for hype. When we worship God is when we lay it all out. And that's why when I walked up here, I said, this, this is worship. When we remember how good God has been and we say, because you've been that good, I'm going to give you everything I have. I will sing my best song. I'll preach my best sermon. I will lead my family with everything I got. And this will be my worship. How I treat strangers is my worship. How I treat my co-workers is my worship. I'm returning now to the heart of worship. Converge. What, what, what my prayer for everybody here, my prayer for Converge Nation when you're watching, is that of you and I, this will be the testimony someday. That one day when Converge Church was worshiping the Holy Spirit, He inhibited this place. He came out and said, you, but you, I'm calling you out. I am calling you out. And I want that to be a testimony for you to look back to this very night. And you say, you know what? I laid it all on the altar that day. I went back to the heart of worship and I said, Lord, I know you don't seek perfection, only my heart. And so, Lord, have my heart and do what you will. And in this moment, he will give us direction for our lives and he will give us purpose and power. And so this is my prayer, that this will be our testimony, that we will all from this day forward look to God with thanksgiving and with those hearts of thanksgiving, by the mercies of God, remembering all that he has done for us, give him our true worship. And that means something different for each and every one of us. But whatever God has called you to do, whatever amount of faith he has endowed you with, whatever gifts he has given you, let us leave it all on the altar so when we leave this place today, the prayer says when we leave this place, but never his presence, we are in His presence when we worship, and we worship how we live, we worship how we walk, we worship how we talk. So our testimony, our testimony is that Converge Church, we are returning to the heart of worship. When we look into the new season, into the new year, we are going in with a heart of worship, and we say, Lord, we know what you've already done. We have no idea what you're about to do next, but we know you are turning things around for us. This is worship. And so with that, Lord, we come to you in the mighty matchless name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for who you are. Lord Jesus, we just adore you. We love you. We just want to shower you with praises for everything that you have done and all that you are yet to do. Lord, we just want to give you our hearts. We want to come to this moment of roar worship where we leave everything on the altar. Jesus, we ask you to always remind us of these moments as we come to you and just adore you for who you are. And Father, we know that at times we've been guilty of seeking your hand instead of your heart. And so, Father, we confess even those times when we've missed the mark, when we've missed what your word says, that if we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all of these things, Lord, they will be added unto us. So, Father, we confess those moments that we have not sought first the kingdom. Father, where we have not come into your presence with a heart of worship, but, Lord, we know how gracious you are, and so we're laying it all on the altar today. 
And Father, you know everything that we're carrying. And we just thank you for your word declares that even as we pray, before we can even utter a word, you are already moving, Father, to act on our behalf, to answer the prayers that we are praying. And so, Lord, we thank you. We come to you with hearts of thanksgiving. And not only are we bringing you our worship, Father, we are also bringing you a sacrifice of our hearts a true circumcision of the heart where we are broken in your presence. We lay it all at your feet. And Father, we ask you to do what only you can do. Father, in the words of the song, that our hearts, they need a surgeon and our souls need a friend. So Jesus, we thank you for being the one that we can run to over and over and over again. And so Father, whatever any heart has in its heart right now, whatever we have that we need to bring to you, Lord, I ask you that you help each and every one of us open our hearts and lay it all on this altar today that we will not leave this place the same way we came in jesus that we will be transformed knowing to lay our bodies on the line because this is our true worship jesus we thank you for helping us remember that the heart of worship is all about you it has nothing to do with any of us but only you, Jesus. So remind us to come back to that place, Lord. Remind us to come back to you. That whatever we do, to remember that in your presence, Jesus, is fullness of joy. And that whenever we come to you, we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Because, Father, you're so merciful. Not only will you give us mercy, but you will also give us pray, uh, grace when we need it most. So, Father, we thank you for all of these things. And it is in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Thanksgiving dinner, Thursday, driving from Dallas to 
to East Texas and I got a phone call from my brother. And he said, hey, grandpa's laying on the floor. He said, I can't move. He said, he's dead weight. To, to pick him up and he's going in and out and he's lost a lot of blood so to get him to the hospital as he's continued to go in and out and somehow they get him straight back to room. and my brother works in the ER and so young lady says, man, I don't know who you know. But this never happens. And my brother's response was, man, I'm nobody. I just work here and help people and I do what I do. He said, well, I just want to let you know. She said, I just want to let you know that they don't ever get anybody this fast to a room and that reminded me of what you said man God he's always doing something he's always up to something and I can say that my grandpa today is doing better but man it's not about who you know although it is sometimes but it's who we serve because to God everything will make things happen and will shift things when you can't even explain it. And that's why we're here tonight just to say, great is thy faithfulness. Oh God, my Father. Mm. So we all have a testimony. And I just want you to just worship him. Like we've been doing. And don't be scared to just lift your hands. Sit there. Contemplate on who God is as we sing these next songs. See? 
of worship it is well see I used to being uh, growing up in Ypsilanti Michigan at Mount Olive Baptist Church we used to sing that song and I'm telling you I'm not a good singer but with my little self I mean I would sing from the bottom of my feet it is well with my soul and I didn't know that I'd live long enough for life to come and knock at my door and for me to have to draw back and say, it is well. So I'm going to piggyback off of Pastor Ray's side of the story. Because while Nia and I are in New York, we've had a good time. I've turned 51. My feet hurt from walking all over. And I'm thinking, hallelujah. We took Nia up to Syracuse. She's wanted to go to Syracuse since she was in fourth grade. I mean, we bought her T-shirt. She's got things up on the wall, and we took her to Syracuse the whole time. You know, I'm praying, Lord Jesus, let a cold north wind come by and just knock this little sugar in her head, and she can just keep it on down in Texas, because I'm going to get to my baby all the way in Syracuse. Well, guess what? I forgot when I asked the Lord to send a cold north wind that I was going to be with her when the cold north wind hit. And let me tell you, God is so faithful. 
he sent a cold north wind. When we got up on Friday morning, we flew to Syracuse on Thursday, it was a nice, sunny 37 degrees. The city of Syracuse even makes gluten-free bagels. So I went and got me a couple. I mean, we're sipping on coffee. I got on my red trench coat and my boots. I'm thinking, all right, it is good. We go for the first 20 minutes of the tour. It is well. When the outdoor foot walking tour started, the clouds rolled in. And Syracuse said, I'm going to give y'all a little taste. I'm telling you, a cold north wind came and hit me first. And then it wanted to rain, but then Syracuse said, no, it's too cold, so we just gonna send you some nice slap you in the face sleet snow. But prayers were answered. About 20 minutes into the tour, Nia said, I think I'm gonna go to the University of Oklahoma. <laughs> God answers prayer. So I'm not going to give Thanksgiving because Nia is keeping it just three hours away and not 30 hours away, but we still praise God. Syracuse is a very good school, and it's good for a whole lot of other folks. Amen? But I just want to testify about God's goodness. I want to implore you, just as Pastor Ray said, see, sometimes we think we don't need people, and we think we only need God when trouble comes, and then we call our friends and our pastors and say, can you pray for me? But we don't want to have relationships relationship. Well, let me tell you, I'm walking with the Lord every day, and He is still revealing Himself to me. So after we've gotten snowed on in Syracuse, and we've walked around the Met, and everything is well, I am nice snug, already packed in my hotel room. At 2.23 in the morning, I hear Pastor Ray's ringtone come on, and I sit straight up in the bed, and I said, baby, what's going on? He said, I'm at the hospital. Levi is going in for emergency surgery. And I said, okay, where is he? He said, he's right here. I said, put him on speaker. Now, pause right there. A few months ago, one of our women got a not so good diagnosis. And so while we were in our Bible immersion campaign, I actually just stumbled upon the scripture out of Acts 2. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It is Acts 2, verses 25 and 26. And it says this, King David said this about him, meaning the Lord. I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope. So when Ray said Levi is, not just he's going in for surgery, Levi is going in for emergency surgery. See, the last time I talked to Levi and Ray, I thought he had gotten food poisoning from the orange chicken and or the burger that they had had on Friday because the girls were gone, so they just lived it up. And so I'm thinking, okay, and then he said, hey, I'm feeling kind of funny. And I taught school for 10 years before I was a mom, and I'm like, well, I've never heard about this symptom, but we'll take you to Dr. Bain on Monday morning. So when Ray calls me, and I sit up and I say, hey, let me talk to Levi. Send me a picture. And I said, Levi, a few months ago, I gave Miss Tammy this scripture. This the same Miss Tammy whose daughter, Brooke, was the nurse. 
and I found this, and I've been passing this scripture out, and I just loved it when it says, and King David said this about him. One thing about thanksgiving, one vital part of thanksgiving is remembering. Remembering how good God has been. And I didn't know that I would need to lean into this scripture the way I've leaned into this scripture over the last seven days. And so I gave the scripture to Tammy and then I passed it around to a few others and I just love the scripture. I see that the Lord is always with me. So when Ray put Levi on the phone, I said, because I call him Pops, I said, Pops, this does not mean that the Lord is not with you. Just because we love Jesus does not make us exempt from going through things. But because we know him, that means we can go through him. And so I read the scripture to Levi. I said, Mommy's been loving the scripture, but I've been just passing it out to other people, not knowing that Mommy would need it, and now I pass it on to you. Levi Lafayette, I see that the Lord is always with you. Because see, this 12-year-old boy, do you know what I catch him doing every night with his room shut? I'm going in to say, you need to go to bed. And I see my 12-year-old sitting in his bed reading the Bible to himself out loud without direction. I went in there to say, have you picked your clothes out for school? And I saw my 12-year-old before trouble come on the side of his bed saying prayers. And so I could say with confidence all the way from New York, I see that the Lord is with you, Levi. So mommy does not have to be shaken and she does not have to fear because my heart rests in hope. God has done something for my son that I couldn't do, which is reveal himself to Levi. The only thing Ray and I have taught these kids is that Jesus cannot be the Jesus of mommy and daddy. Jesus will have to be the Jesus of Nia and Levi. And like Ray said, God, the most precious thing about this is ne Levi will know, and Nia is an onlooker, that the Lord is good and he is faithful. And so I come with a heart full of thanksgiving, but I come with some grit and I am begging you, if you don't know Jesus, today is the day. Because life will put you in circumstances. When I talked to my mom, she said, how are you doing? I said, I'm okay. Because everything that could be done was being done. And my husband is such a man of wisdom. He didn't call me until everything was done. Because he knows me. And I would have been saying, well, did you do this? And did you do this? We have given dads and husbands a bad rap. Let me tell you, my husband was Johnny on the spot. He was making sure Levi was getting everything he needed. And I was like, just the mind to call the pharmacist, the mind to call Caden's dad. See, he said he talked to the mom. He had to call Levi's buddy's father. The father had to wake up his wife, and the wife had to call us back. Be careful how you treat people in Thanksgiving. Do you know this little sugar brook has a son that's about eight or nine years old? I had a closet full of clothes that Levi had grown out of. Do you know two months ago, I said, Brooke, can your baby use some clothes? She said, Pastor Wendy, I'll just get whatever you want. I said, I have a problem with putting his clothes in some plastic bags. Can you bring a suitcase? Bring a large suitcase, because I haven't cleaned out Levi's closet for a couple years. I, I mean, filled it up, not knowing that one day, be careful how you treat people. 
So we got Brooke's clothes together. So when Ray says that Brooke comes in, I text her. I said, oh, thank you for being an angel on assignment. And guess what Brooke did? She called me. She said, Pastor Wendy, Levi is full of questions. <laughs> and she said, and I just told him it's going to be all right. And she said, I've only been at Children's just one week. And my shift, I get off at 3 a.m. And she said, so just in the nick of time, she said, out of all, she said, I asked them, Levi Harmon, is this what? What does it look like? They say, it's a little African-American kid. She said, I know only one Levi Harmon. That's my pastor's son and went in there. So this scripture out of Acts 2 means something differently to me now. I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken for he is right beside me. I had not lived long enough to understand when they talk about, when my granny used to talk about that peace that passes all understanding. I mean, I didn't cry. I did not go back to sleep, but I didn't cry. I didn't fret. I told Nia, and Nia loves her brother. She's like, oh, mommy. And I'm thinking, we just got to get back from New York to Dallas and all is well. And I'm telling you, the way things happen, Levi had been in surgery, been in recovery. We're flying straight from New York City straight to Dallas. I catch an Uber because I don't want Ray to leave him there and I don't want to upset anybody else because I'm like, God, I see that you're always with us. Then I was reminded of Zephaniah 317 when it says, the Lord your God is in your midst, mighty to save, mighty to deliver, that the Lord rejoices over us with singing and that he quiets us with his love. So much to be thankful for. But the greatest thing I'm thankful for is that Levi Lafayette will know that he knows that he knows that the God he's been reading about, the God he's been praying to is a very and ever-present help in the time of trouble. The Lord said, I would never leave you nor forsake you. That is a gift that I couldn't have even given Levi, is that he knows for himself that God is faithful, that he knows for himself that when I talked to Levi on Saturday, you know what he said? He started crying. He said, I'm so annoyed. He was in so much pain. He said, why is this happening? And I said, baby, it's going to be okay. Not even knowing. Trouble in life does not, lo loving Jesus does not exempt you from trouble in life. But knowing Jesus will show enough help you get through that trouble. And so... I just want to testify. I want to be thankful. Thankful for church family. I mean, you all have were Johnny on the spot. Somebody came and brought us dinner. You all have prayed. My mom and my sister came over with cake and balloons. My mother had a whole string of balloons. She had a congratulations for Nia, a happy birthday to me, a get well for Levi, and two happy fall balloons for Ray and the Pape. God is so good, and this is not anything that we're just talking about because we want you to come to church or we want you to give. This is something we're living out every day. That because you are with me, oh God, I will not be shaken. And so I give you Acts 2 to stand on, to know that God is with you. You haven't had...
had to do anything but say yes to Jesus and believe in your heart that he is, that is what qualifies you for him to be with you. Brother Hagen, our Bible school founder, used to say, as soon as you find yourself off the path with the Lord, just run as fast as you can and get back on the path. If you find yourself where you have wavered in your trust, it's okay. That's what he came for. If you find yourself where you are needing to pray out the words of that song, oh, for the grace to trust you more, it is available. So I want to pray over all of us. I want to thank the Lord that he is God and that there is none like him. I want to thank him that he is so faithful. And I'm not just talking about to me. The Tammy we're talking about is sitting right here with us today. There are so many things before that we can just be just so thankful for. So many things is that Pastor Ray and I are not in this room by ourselves, that you are here lifting up the name of Jesus. The word in the Psalm says, it says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together because he is good. And I just want to pray over us. I want to thank the Lord and pray over us. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the promise of your presence and that it is true. God, I thank you because of your presence, there comes peace. And Lord, we lean into that tonight. And because of the peace that you give us, we can lift up our praise and we can say, thank you, God. You are such a good, good father. And out of our praise, we will have peace. So Lord, I thank you that you do all things well. I ask that this night of worship be acceptable in your sight. I thank you for the testimony of your goodness, oh God, and that not only are we seeing your faithfulness, but those around us are seeing you're a good, good father. And Lord, help them not to just see, but to trust as we are trusting. And Lord, I close this prayer and I ask you, oh God, for the grace to trust you more. We love you so much. And if you never did another thing for us, you are still worthy of all of our honor, all of our praise, all of our adoration. We love you. We thank you. Lord Jesus, amen and amen. Come back with me. Come back with me. Stay right there. All right, this is what we're going to do, Converge. Uh, man, has the Lord ministered to you tonight? Yeah. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for being here tonight. And, and this is how we're going to uh, close uh, the night of worship. We're going to take a moment to celebrate the Lord's table together and take communion. Uh, when you came in, you should have received elements. If for some reason you did not receive elements tonight, the ushers are in the aisle. They'll get you uh, elements. And then... Uh, we're going to take communion, and the team's going to lead us in one song that simply says, you're worthy of it all. And as we close tonight, we're going to close reminded of the fact that our Jesus, our Savior, is worthy of it all. Uh, before we do that, uh, we want to... Uh, inform you. You should already know this because we sent out an email blast, uh, I think yesterday. We're going to be in the season of Advent. In fact, Advent starts tomorrow. 
And as a congregation, we're going to be reading through a Bible plan for 25 days from the YouVersion Bible app. I think the information's on the screen, or they might put that on the screen for you. But we invite you to join us. We invite you to join us for Advent, the journey to Christmas, uh, and uh, um, which starts tomorrow. And so in your YouVersion Bible app, you can just search for Advent, the journey to Christmas. Again, it's 25 days, but it's a devotional that will prepare your heart for Christmas. How many of you realize that Jesus is still the reason for the season? So as we count down to Christmas on the 25th, uh, we want to invite you to, to read along with us because it will set our hearts and set the tone and the tenor for this Christmas. Uh, we also want to let you know that we'll be starting a new sermon series on December 4th and uh, called Christmas Playlist. It's going to be a lot of fun. Pastor Wendy and I will be tag teaming that sermon series together. We're going to look at the songs of Christmas and talk about the messages in the songs of Christmas and how they point to Jesus. I know y'all already got your Christmas playlist going. I joked around about it on IG. I know that some of you got that Hallmark and Lifetime movies going nonstop for the next three weeks. And all the fellas, I know y'all feel my pain. Yeah, some of y'all had Michael Buble thawing out, man, November 1st. Y'all started playing Michael Buble's Christmas hits. And, uh, but Christmas playlist is going to be a fun series because we're going to talk about the songs of Christmas and the messages of Christmas in the songs of Christmas. That uh, starts a week from today, December 4th. And then also on December 18th, we want to invite you to be a part of our Christmas production. We've got a lot of fun things planned. And uh, so we invite you to join us. In fact, that day we'll also have our Ugly Sweater Contest. Amen. And, and so you might want to order one. But if you want to do a custom homemade Christmas sweater, we'll have those two categories. Just going to be a lot of fun. We'll have some snacks and Christmas uh, festive stuff going on that day after service. And uh, so it's going to be a fun time. So save those dates. Uh, tomorrow, our Advent calendar begins. Read along with us. December 4th, Christmas playlist, December 18th, um, Christmas at Converge. All righty. Let's receive communion and then we'll close with worship. Is that okay tonight? We'll close with worship, declaring that our God is worthy of it all. And in the night, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And as often as you eat it, you do it in remembrance of me. Lord, we thank you that your body was broken for our redemption and for our healing. Thank you, Lord, for your great love wherewith you loved us, even to death on the cross. Bless this emblem of your broken body now. We receive it with thanksgiving, blessed to our bodies and our lives to your service. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Take now and eat. And on the same night, Jesus took the cup and said, This is my blood which is shed for you. And as often as you drink of this cup, you do it in remembrance of me. Lord, we thank you for your shed blood. And we thank you that life, the life is in the blood. And that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Thank you for your blood that washes away all of our sin. Though our sin were as crimson, you make it as wool. 
though our sin were as scarlet, you make it as white as snow. So we thank you that this cup is blessed to our bodies and our lives to your service. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. And amen. As I mentioned earlier, we're going to close now with worship. We're going to invite Chad and Converge Worship to lead us in one final song as we close out our night of worship together. Didn't they do an awesome job tonight? Chad and Veronica and Cree and Jonathan and Marcus and Daniel and Patrick and, and Melvin. Fantastic job. And then for all of our presenters tonight, Pastor Wendy and Andrea and Coquetzo for encouraging and exhorting us tonight. And for you, for you, for making this a priority, for pressing through the cold weather and the rain to be here for this moment. God bless you. God bless you. And remember, like Pastor Wendy said, I know that the Lord is always with you, right beside you, and he is for you, not against you. Let's worship one more time as we close out tonight's worship experience. Chad, why don't you come?
that tonight, that from you are all things, and to you are all things. You alone, Lord, deserve the glory. So tonight, Lord, we ask that you would bless us and keep us, that you would cause your face to shine upon us, that you would turn your countenance toward us and be gracious to us. And that, God, you would grant your people peace in the midst of every trial, every test, every storm. We thank you for your peace that passes all understanding, that it guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And everyone who agrees and everyone who believes said amen. And amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for being a part of Night of Worship. We'll see you next week. God bless you. If you were impacted by today's message, we would love to hear from you. Maybe today's sermon was exactly what you needed to hear. Or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we would love to send you some information to help you kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you want more information on how to join our virtual family, email us at info at weareconverged.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverged.com give. You can also text 77977, type in Converge Give and the dollar amount. You can also find all of this information on our mobile app. Simply open your app or Play Store, search Converge Church Plano, and download the app. It's that easy.
Thank you again for joining us for today's worship experience. We look forward to staying connected with you.